listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have David Leo joining us in the studio. Welcome, David. Thank you, Jason. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's good to have you here again, David. And uh, just want to remind our listeners that our Wednesday and Thursday programs are live at the moment. The other weeks, uh, weekdays, um, there are some other programs that are, are playing um I'm guessing, I'm actually not 100% sure what plays during those times, but I think they're <laughs> our, our past uh, episodes of, um, of Tassie and Cows. Right. So, so today is uh, the 31st of May, last day of the month. Last day of May, and then we're into winter. We are indeed. Although, yeah, we've had a few cold days, but some mm-hmm. days, you know, it's funny, isn't it? You, you get up and you think, oh, today's not so bad, and then yeah. by the end of the day, it's freezing, it's freezing. and there's snow, <laughs> there's snow that happens overnight on the mountains. So. David, uh, you had a bit of a uh, something special over the weekend. We did up in uh, Devonport. Tell us a bit about that. So we, um, one of the things that I look after as a youth director is uh, some clubs called Pathfinder and Adventurer Clubs, and it's they're they're part of our uh, church ministry for children. <clears throat> Pathfinders is ten to um, fifteen, and then you've got uh, you know the staff that come uh, after that, and then. You've got the adventurers who start from about four or five up to nine. And all the clubs from around Tasmania came together in the weekend. And we went to our Pine Springs campground in Devonport. And speaking of the weather, we're just so thankful. We got weather warnings last Wednesday, saying high winds and rain and things like that. And last year, we had to cancel our Pathfinder Fair and Rally because of the, um, because of the high winds. It was, it was terrible. It was terrible mm-hmm. weather. So we're all praying and, and the, every day, of the camp from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was good weather, great weather. So we're really, really thankful for that. But <clears throat> what the what the Pathfinder Rally is, the uh, Pathfinder clubs they learn these skills during the year, doing knots, how to make a campfire, how to cook with a campfire, uh, how to make a stretcher, first aid, all these type of skills. And so when it comes to the rally and fair, we come together, we worship together, and then they do activities where they test all their skills that they've learned. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't done Pathfinders in about 11 or 12 years, and putting on the uniform and, and things like that <laughs> really brought back a lot of memories. But one of the things that, uh, you know, I love seeing the kids looking sharp in the uniform and our, and our leaders as well. But uh, we did, we also do a test on uh, marching skills. Mm-hmm. So marching is part of Pathfinders. Did you do Pathfinders, Jason? I did. And yep. uh, I remember doing the marching because. It was fairly easy for me because I was also in a brass band. Right, that's right. Uh, at that age, and uh, so we also did, um, I'd call proper marching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Serious marching with, uh, <laughs> you know, you had to stay in your lines and um, we had to be very precise because we did <clears throat> competitions as well. So, and one of the things with uh, marching in a brass band is you not only are you marching and you're trying to stay in your lines and all that sort of thing, but you're also playing music at the same time yeah so that's quite challenging and it's you know i've realized it's not um it's not something we many kids do mm. you know like marching mm. is seen as a military thing you know mm. and uh, i realized <clears throat> how much i enjoyed marching when i was in pathfinders as a kid you know and and our um our director actually took it quite seriously because when the clubs got together 
there was a competition. There was a thing to see how how well your club could do um, marching. You know? mm-hmm. And as you said, the Pathfinders was, um, uh, you know, not not too strict with it. And uh, on on uh, when we did it on Sunday, you know, I, I said to the directors, um, you know, we'll, we'll try and sharpen this up over the next few years. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, it's not really something we take seriously, you know. Yeah. But what what I realised too is if, if a kid's not doing um, sport or music like yourself, you know, you're doing the brass band, there really is nothing else for the kid to learn what it's like to work in synchronization with other people, mm, you know, mm. moving at the same pace, um, moving in a uniform manner where you're doing your left and your right, mm. and you call instructions like left turn, yep. right turn, about turn, we've got to mm. turn right around. And do, uh, do you do in Pathfinders, do you do your wheels as well? Left yeah, wheel, right wheel. Wheels. Oh, yeah. you should have seen it. You should have seen it on Sunday. It was messy, yeah. you know. And uh, <laughs> but what I loved hearing from the kids. I heard some of the kids say, you know, we're going to do better next year. Yeah. You know, I loved hearing that. I was like, oh, cool. Now, now, now they've got something to aim for. You know, they realized, oh, we've got to learn some things. Mm. But, they, you know, for, for what it was, they did good. You know, mm. they, they, they realized, oh, we've got to work together. But I realized when it comes to marching, and this is what we're talking about today, you know, the, the importance, how do we learn to work with another person, mm. right? And, and uh, marching in military terms, they teach that as a discipline because it's a life and death situation. You know, they've got to depend on their, <laughs> the people on their left, right, front, back mm. to, ha- to, you know, to, for a matter of survival. And, you know, and, and, um, but for pathfinders, it's a matter of how do I work with others, my peers, work together, take instructions, you know, and, and not be selfish. I mean, if one person just did their own thing in marching, the whole thing looks messy, mm. you know, but, you know, for, for our kids, they weren't intentionally doing it. It's just something they haven't learned, you know, and they're, they're going to try and learn how to work in synchronization. And uh, um, I think one of the things that when we talk about today, because today we're talking about uh, living as a couple, you know, mm. living as a married couple. How do we how do we uh, learn to live with another when you've been by yourself for so long? And one of the things I've I've had as a burden since I've become a parent, uh, we'll talk, start talking about parenting next week is um, I want my kids to be kids that other kids want to hang out with. Mm. You know, the last thing I want <laughs> is for my kids to walk in a room and other kids rolling their eyes going, oh, mm. look, look who's here. <laughs> you know? And, you know, it's, and, and one of the things you've got to teach them is how to work with others, mm. right? And I, I really, one of the awesome things about uh, Pathfinders and Adventurers and clubs like this and sport clubs and music clubs and things like that is um, the kids have to learn what it means to socialize with others and that their way is not the only way, that they have to um, give things up in order to be able to work together for a common goal. Mm. And um, yeah, that's, what, that's what I really wanted to talk about in our mar- in, and about marriage and also the importance of boundaries when it comes to marriage. Yeah? People don't like talking about that, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into it. David, um, our show number today is 0488-880-891. That's our Tassie Encounters numbers. And during the week we had uh, mm. somebody text in. I'm not sure which program they were listening to at the time. But uh, Rebecca texted in um, a couple of days ago and she had a question. And I'm wondering if you'd like to try to answer that question uh, for us. Uh, she says, uh, thinking about Jesus at the beginning of time, do you think Jesus understands humans' can, common pains better since becoming a man? That's a massive question. That um, that causes me to think about, which is a, 
a huge topic in itself mm. is, is the nature of Christ, mm. right? Because the Bible says that we were made in God's image. Mm. So he, he must have understood man's nature to a T. Like, you know, like there was nothing he didn't understand about man's nature. But the, the, the moment that they fell and, and had the deathly or sinful nature... Was there a mystery there that God didn't understand? Mm. You know, you, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I, I, I think in a way, this question almost gets turned on its head. In that, for me, that Christ coming to Earth was not perhaps so much about Him understanding our experience, but us, us. being able to understand Him. Correct. Yeah, like He came close to us. That's right. That's right. But uh, but nevertheless, there is that verse in. Um, Hebrews. In Hebrews that, that talks about Christ being tempted the same as we were and yet didn't sin. So we know that he's been through life the same way that we've been through life. So he has experienced it. And I guess that gives us confidence to know that, that he identifies. He, he, he does understand. Yeah. He does understand because we know he, he lived through it. Yeah. Now, he probably understood before he lived through it, but... We've seen him live through it. We've, yeah. we've got the evidence of that. We've got the uh, witnesses of that. Mm-hmm. And so that helps us to understand that he understands. Yeah, that's right. And, and mm. another, another way of looking at it too, um, uh, you've, you're, you're a parent. You've seen your child suffer, mm. you know, go through something, mm. but you, you don't know what they're going through, but you do feel a pain. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. You yeah. feel the suffering that, man, they're going through a pain. And mm. that's definitely something God would have understood, mm. you know, that, Mm. My children are now going through this pain and suffering, mm. but um, to understand it better, Rebecca, that's a that's a great question. It's mm. got me. It's got my brain, uh, you know, going through some um, some hula hoops and <clears throat> really trying to figure that out. But yeah, in, in any case, like uh, the Bible says, he does identify and has been touched with our infirmities, yet never mm. never sinned. And mm. that's a that's a um, that's a confidence we can hold on to. Well, uh, our show number zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Do text your questions in during the week if you've got any other questions. We'll try to answer them on the two uh, days that we're running live at the moment, which is Wednesday and Thursday. Um, and also, we've got a, a question for you. Uh, today's question is: Do you prefer doing projects by yourself or with others? Why? Text us in zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Remember, you can listen to all of our past episodes on our website, faithfm.com.au. Go to the pod, uh, programs and podcast area, and you can find Tassie Encounters. And you can listen to all of our episodes um, if you've missed something or if you just want to browse the topics and, and see if there's something you want to listen to, you can do it there. You've also got the app on the phone or tablet that you can download as well, Faith FM Australia. Today, David, you're going to be talking about living as two in one, which mm-hmm. is uh, continuing on from last week's where we were talking about, um, well, the last two weeks we've been talking about marriage. Yep. Um, so this is sort of an extension of that, isn't it? Yep, sure is. We're going to come back after the break and uh, continue our discussion. This is Blessed Be the Tie by Sarah Groves.
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're speaking with David Leo and we're talking about living as two in one. <laughs> we asked you a question before the break. Do you prefer doing projects by yourself or with others? Why? Tell us. Let us know. Text us in on 0488-880-891. We would love to hear from you today, wherever you're listening from around Australia. This is our live program, and uh, we'd love to get some interaction and share that your thoughts with other people as well. Um, David, uh, how do we learn to walk as one, two in one? Mm. This is in the context of marriage, but it can also apply in other areas of our life. How do we learn to work together? This is this is for certain. Um, well, I suppose to start off with, you know, when you, for myself, when I was around 18, 19 and started to get some money and do what I wanted and saved up to go where I wanted or just made these choices, it became interesting when I met my wife, my wife now, as we got more serious I couldn't really make those decisions by myself. You know, if I wanted to go somewhere, I would just turn left and go there. You know what I mean? But mm. now I was like, hey, do you want to go here as well? And if she said no, there was a bit of, oh, that's, that's annoying. <laughs> that's annoying. <laughs> you know, like that. You don't want to go this place with me or you don't want to do that. You know, it was, there had to be compromise now. Mm. You know, we had to talk, talk things over. Now, that was quite new. That was a new concept to me. I thought, man, if, before I wanted to do something, I just did it. Mm. You know, and so it was, it was a matter of now learning how do we communicate to uh, do these things together and next week we're going to go even further and talk about when you have kids that concept of expanding mm. <laughs> expanding wow I'm not making those decisions by myself it even gets bigger and so how do we learn uh, we just talked about it before one of the things is um, well, as you're brought up as a child um, some have siblings you know they learn mm-hmm. they learn that uh, when the pizza comes out if you're not if you're not quick enough you know you might just get one piece you know and you start uh, having to Negotiate and having to ask mum and dad to intervene or whatever. But uh, I, th- I think one of the best ways to learn is to intentionally be with somebody or be in a group, mm. be part of a community in order to see where you're at as far as selfishness and <laughs> working with others is concerned. That's what I think um, sometimes the benefit of being part of a church is that uh, Absolutely. sometimes we're we're challenged, <laughs> you know. I I have this um, this phrase called uh, a solo Christian. I think it's really hard to be a solo Christian, you know. That's on your own, you know, without a group. And the but then there are many who would prefer to avoid church because being part of a church is too hard, <laughs> you know. And uh, it's challenging because we we come into contact with people who we don't quite get along with, and uh, you know, we've got to learn to work with them. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's um it's something I observed too over the weekend. You can see some kids because we do activities, you know, we go to work. Mm. One of the things we encourage is teamwork, mm. and you can see some kids getting frustrated, you know. And go, oh man, this kid's not listening, or the other kid, you know, just either you know one kid wasn't even there with the club, and they had to keep going to chase him. Go, hey, come mm. back here! You're supposed to be doing this with us. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a uh, um, to be to be part of a part of a community is definitely ways of learning. And so when you get to an age where you're starting to find your life partner, you've already learned some of the things about, well, I can't have it my way all the time, mm. you know? And so when it comes to, um, when it comes to marriage, uh, there's two, two things that, um, probably words that we don't like when it comes to relationships, relationships are fantastic. Like I said before, you know, marriage, 
I, I love being married. I love having <laughs> having my wife. You know, and she said that she actually, we had it, we were having a talk last night. She said, "Man," and I, I'm not I'm not trying to brag or anything, but she said, "Man, I love having you as a husband." You know, I thought, oh. You know, she's trying to warm me up for the radio tomorrow morning, or <laughs> and uh, you know, it was, it was a good, it was a good chat. And it was nice to be affirmed that way as well. But these two words, accountability <laughs> and expectations, mm. you know, these two things, <clears throat> they have to come with marital type of relationships, mm. you know. And 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 as I've said, as I talk about this 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 morning, as I've done in the past programs, I'm hoping that you can make the parallel. That our our relationship, our family relationships, is representative of how God wants a relationship with us. Yeah, you want to say something, Jason? Yeah, the, the um, both of those words are difficult, um, <laughs> challenging because uh, I guess expectations um, also can bring disappointment. Oh yes, when we fail to meet them, absolutely, uh, and accountability. You know, if we fail to be, um, or if we fail to live up to what we've said we, we were going to do, yep. then uh, that, that can also bring disappointment. So so I guess some people learn to not have expectations Ooh. in order to avoid disappointment. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a good uh, solution. No, no. <laughs> and I, and I've, um, I, make that, I make that sigh because, you know, I work a lot with young people mm. and they've said that. And, and they've, because there's so much information around, you know, and they've made assumptions just based on blogs, yeah. <laughs> YouTube clips. <laughs> the other week we were talking about um, young people not being so keen to get married these days. Yeah. Um, perhaps that's uh, a result of failed expectations. Uh, yeah, you know, that's right. So, you know, that's well, right. people have tried it before and that didn't work out for them. So, yep. you know. Definitely, definitely. That's um, I, I'm, I'm with that as well. I, I, I agree with that. And um, one of the, you know, when it comes to, expectations and accountability what's the first thing that married couples do at a wedding they make a, a vow to Man. each other mm. and you listen to those vows you know mm. you listen to the words that they say like i didn't i didn't realize the magnitude until i said until i said it and when i was writing it out i was like man these are huge promises mm. <laughs> you know um you know like it's it's uh till death to, to us part yeah till, till we part um through rich and poor through health and sickness we we're just officiating our relationship and yet in front of all these people i think there was about 75 people at our wedding and in front of 75 people we're telling them this is what i'm going to do for the rest of my life mm. <laughs> and she's saying to me this is what i'm going to do for you for the rest rest of my life and that, that's huge. You know, we've made a promise in front of everyone. But I've got to tell you, before we even got married, there were expectations. You know, like it was important that we communicated to each other um, what we think or mm. what our future is going to look like. Mm. You know, when she talked about children and she talked about, um, um, you know, because when she said she wanted to have children, that to me, I was like, man that makes me really happy because I want to have children too, you know, like, so there's, mm. there's a thing there. And she was very straightforward with me and said, I know you want to have children. And when we got serious and she told me, um, she has a condition, endometriosis, and she's been told by the doctors that she can't have children. Mm. That was, you know, I had to make a decision. Mm. I was like, whoa, That's I, tough. I want to have, yeah. But she's been honest now, mm. you know, like, mm. I know you want to have children and, 
I can't have children. So it's up to you whether you, you want to continue this relationship or not. Mm. I was already sucked in by then. You know, mm. I was like, you know what? Now, you, of course, have children. So <laughs> We've got three kids now. Something must have... That's uh, right. That's right. I mean, um, when she said she was pregnant with our first one, we were over the moon. Mm. You know, I, was, I, I wasn't... I, we, we both weren't ready. Mm. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but we, we weren't ready. But at the same time, we're like, thank you, God, that we can, we can have children. You know, because she, she did say that if there was a chance she could have children, then that that's um, you know that that literally means you can have children. You yeah. Know? So yeah. wow. that was amazing. That was a huge yeah. blessing. But she, the expectation was straightforward, and um, you know, and I, at the time I thought I had to be I was straightforward as well, and um, I'm very I come from a very traditional family, you know, and she did too, you know, and and at at the time the discussion was really strange, you know. I told her as a, you know, I want to be the provider. I want to be, and she said, look, I want to work as well. You know, like I grew up in a home where she came from, um, she grew up in a refugee camp. She mm-hmm. was born in a refugee camp. And so when they went to New Zealand and, uh, you know, were sponsored there, she watched her parents struggle and she grew up knowing what it's like. And I, I, I could relate to her as well. She knew what it was like not to ask to go to school camps not to get excursions because she knew the money wasn't there. Mm. And so she said, look, I, I want to work because I don't want my kids to, you know, to mm. suffer what I did. Mm. And now that my oldest is 15, I kind of think, I don't want my kids to suffer. <laughs> but, you know, so we had, we had all these discussions to talk to each other about what, what we expect from each other, mm. right? And so there was, there was these things about, she said, you know, she wants me to be um, a leader, she wants to be, uh, you know, uh, that I've got to be strong when it comes to decisions. She was quite straightforward about, you know, um, when it came to discipline with the children that she knew that she was too soft. Mm. <laughs> she just wants to, so I was like, oh, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, and when we went to do marriage counseling, all these things came up mm. where we were, we had all these differences and then we had to discuss our expectations and things like that. And these are difficult discussions to have, but they're incredibly important. You know, um, one of the things I still remember one of the negotiations we had because she's she's more of an introvert. I'm more social, sociable, and when we go to church gatherings or even a party or you know a wedding or funeral or whatever is happening where there's a gathering, we had to come up with this negotiation because she said, "Man, you take ages when the things finish. You take a long time to talk to people. Yeah, I just, just want to go home. <laughs> you know." <clears throat> and so we came up with this um, thing. Forty five minutes afterwards. Mm-hmm. was the compromise we made. She said, no, that's a good time. 45 minutes after, then we leave. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch, the, I'd watch the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and when it got to 40 minutes, I'll start wrapping up with her and, hey, mm-hmm. I've got to get back to the blah, blah, blah. And she was happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was happy as Larry. And I was happy. I got 45 minutes afterwards to... But that's just an example. You know, just an example of all the things that we had to negotiate. We've got to go to another break, but um, I'm going to ask you a question before we go to the break. And yeah. you, can, you can decide whether you want to answer it or not. Is there any? Has there been any expectations in in your marriage that um, that your wife made clear to you that you failed to meet? Yes, we'll come back and uh, get your answer after the break. Um, but a question for you this morning: Do you prefer doing projects by yourself or with others? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is 10,000 Reasons and What a Beautiful Name. It's a medley by Caleb and Kelsey. The 
made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with David Leo. We're on the series called The Currency of God's Kingdom, mm. which is where we're talking all about family and uh, relationships and things like that. So, um, today we're talking about living as two in one. Um, I don't know if you want to answer my question, David, that I asked you before the break is... Uh, uh, has your wife ever made some expectations quite clear to you and then you failed to meet those expectations? Yes. This happened This happened after our marriage. She realised that I seemed to leave my um, uh, underwear singlets uh, <laughs> towel, a wet towel on the floor, you know, and uh, she was quite clear, it doesn't belong on the floor, mm. you know, pick it up and put it in the laundry basket. Mm-hmm. And it sounded a lot like... Another woman that was in my life, <laughs> your prior to me and my mum. Oh, okay. And you didn't learn the lesson. <laughs> no, and it still happens today. But when I do do it, like when I, if I do pick it up and put in laundry, or I even put it in the washing machine, you know, if my wife comes home and sees the clothes on the line because I did it, 
she's just you, over the moon. You, you she's just, lots of points. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's that's once in a blue moon, Jason. I'm not saying it happens often, but when it does happen, my wife's a very happy woman. You know, mm. but they expect that expectation. It still happens today. Mm. You know, you even David, is this bottle finished? Yes. Well, then it should go in the bin. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> you know, that she made that expectation very clear. My my wife does a similar thing. If you finish something, put it in the bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that's that's definitely uh, definitely there. And um, you know, um, by her grace, <laughs> she's still with me. She she's she hasn't made it an issue to uh, you know say, hey, you know, what? I'm going to kick you to the curb. You know, praise the Lord. But um, you know, when you think about accountability and and expectations. Can you think of something in the Bible that holds us accountable? Well, I guess uh, the Ten Commandments. Right. Yeah. That's a very clear cut mm. one, isn't it? Mm. Very clear cut, similar to the vows that we that we get. Mm. And you know, if we stick to our, if we stick to our marital vows, your relationship's going to be fine. Mm. You know what I mean? If mm. you know, if you don't, if you don't cheat, if you don't lie. If you if when it's when the money is is low, and you stick together and work together through it, you know instead of taking off and you know doing other things, the marriage is going to be fine. Mm. But the moment that you stop keeping those promises, well, and and some of those promises are to love and to hold and to cherish, even through those difficult times, and that's I think where marriages often come unstuck is that people have financial stresses, Absolutely. and then and Absolutely. then they stop. Uh, treating each other with respect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and we you, we got to talk about expectations too. There, mm. you know, with, mm. with the financial thing. Oh, that's another thing that um, well, that's changed over time. I used to buy a lot of gadgets, mm. you know, just things to toy with and play with and soccer. Mm. My my wife hated that. She's like, what, "What's this for?" I said, "Oh, I was, I was working on a project." Then she goes, "But it's been sitting there for the last two months." Mm. Oh yeah, I'm over it now. <laughs> <laughs> What's this new lens? Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a new thing with the photography. So I'm taking new photos. <laughs> oh, but that, that's something that's changed over time. But you know, there's um, there's these uh, these different things that happen happen in a marriage. And one of the things, yeah, you know, it's interesting with my, my wife and I. We actually, um, I bought her I bought her a ring for our wedding because you know her mum was expecting that because it's part of the tradition mm. but both my wife and I actually don't like wearing anything on our hands and our mm. wrists and things like that so I don't actually wear a ring and she doesn't either and um, uh, years ago my boy was pretty young but she had a guy at her work that was interested in her and he approached he approached her you know and said you know um, you know, would, would she like to go out sometime and she and she, <laughs> she uh, you know when she told me the story I was like oh yeah, what you what you say? She goes, oh, I said, well, look, I'm I'm happily married. You know, I have a child as well. And the guy was like, oh, I really haven't seen a ring on your finger. Mm. And she said, oh no, yeah, I don't wear a ring, but you know, I, I am I am married. And he said, oh, okay. So the guy left it alone. He never came back again. But the fact that my wife could s- just say that outright, that's protecting our marriage. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it, it's it's a this is not going to go anywhere. Mm. You know, mm. and it's the same with the Ten Commandments. If we if we stick to what the Ten Commandments say, did you did you know this? This is a sideline. I'll probably talk about this on radio some other time. I learned this in college, but when it comes to the the Torah, the way the Jews read, it's not called the Ten Commandments. It's literally called the Ten Words, mm. which is interesting. Interesting. Like I've always known it as the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah. this is what you got to do. You know, mm. this, these are your marching orders. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, the Ten Commandments are quite clear. You know, if you follow these, if you follow these vows, these you know these things, the relationship is going to be fine. And so, when we look at it that way, when we look at the vows and we look at the um, the, the how the Ten Commandments are, so, uh, uh, um, are put out there for us, these are protections to our relationships. You know, it's there to uh, you know if we if we have the uh, wedding if we can imagine a a, a bond or a, a literal ring around husband and wife, you know these vows are there to make sure that that ring never breaks. Mm. You know, because the moment we start getting outside those vows, the moment uh, we start um, eyeing off somebody else, and the moment we allow somebody else to take the role of our spouse, and what I'm talking about here, and this happens a lot. And, and I think this is something we need to protect our, in our marriages. When we start talking to somebody else about our marital problems, you're already starting to open up some some huge problems. Mm. No, no one should. You should not talk to anyone about your marital problems, other than your your uh, spouse. Mm. They should be the one hearing it. You know. I mean, there's a, there's a time for counselling and um, you know pastoral and and. Uh relationship counselling, I guess, in that Absolutely. professional yeah, no, context. No, you're right, yeah, both but, of them. But it's dangerous to be, say, complaining to either your friends or particularly somebody of the opposite sex who uh, you might be so, venting yeah, yeah. to as I, well. I'm glad you clarified that. That's right. That's right. Because, you know, men and other men will talk about a woman to other women. And uh, I actually, I... I, I um, you know, when it's happened to me, because I'm a, I'm a pastor, you know, like, mm. there's... But I've advised women not to talk to me about their marital issues. I, I when they when they start, I'll I'll ask them. Hold on, you know, have you talked to your husband about this? Mm. You know, you should talk to him first. Mm. You know, or talk to him about what you're about to tell me because you know it's important that you do that. Or both of you come talk to me about this. Yeah, you know, because it's it's it opens up some some crazy. You know, it's it's become so. Um, I think we talked about uh, the red pill community. Not too long ago, mm. but in um, recent times, there's been a, there's been research done in the corporate world where men are so protective now that women are struggling to find CEOs and whatnot to mentor them because they don't want to be by themselves <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with, with a woman. With and the then, woman. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that sort of makes sense. You can understand that in, yeah. in terms of you know the current culture that we live in, and uh, I guess also. Um, as people work very closely together, particularly if they're of the opposite sex, you know, things, uh, emotions can develop, so, oh. it, so it can be a dangerous situation. You know, you, you bringing that up, I used to work in an organisation where, um, uh, you know, there was night shift involved, mm. and you were absolutely right, there were relationships that were happening that were outside the marriage, uh, the, mm. the marital vows, you know, and thought, mm. man, yeah, because they work close together, it's, you know, and, and things like this, and, uh, yeah, it's so important to protect our um, our marriage relationships because, as I've said before, it is representative of our relationship with God. Mm. It, re- it represents all these things, mm. and uh, we shouldn't look at. Um, we should, you know. I said before that I was able to make decisions by myself, and then when I met my wife, I suddenly had to think for two people, right? And we start learning. As far as God is concerned, when it comes to um, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we learn that there is a way to have a common goal, yet be two 
different individuals, mm. right? And the only way to be able to um, work together is, yeah, you said during the break, if you don't articulate what your expectations are, there's a 100% uh, chance of chance. somebody failing to meet them. That's right, <laughs> because you've never voiced it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and the when you voice it and they voice it, you create a new idea. And these, you know, the, the more we build this new idea and it grows and grows and grows, and we both respect this idea, we're learning to work together as one. You know, like I said before, I start I start realizing when my wife uh, likes the fact that the washing is done, she's very happy. Mm. Yeah, and it's the same. I, I still remember um, when I turned thirty, she put on a huge party, and uh, man, I wasn't expecting that, but she knew what I that that made me happy. Mm. All my friends and family coming together for this barbecue to celebrate. My third, my, my you know, my thirty years, and realizing, wow, this is a big do. She's been keeping the secret for, you know, the last few months, and you know, like, wow, that, and she, but she knew what I'd like. You know what I mean? Like, it's because we created this idea, we knew what it looked like, and we want to make the other person, you know, enjoy, mm. enjoy our relationship. This this thing that we've come together with. Mm. Time for a break, David, and it's also time for our book offer today, which is called 180 Power Tips for Marriage. This is great advice for busy couples by Kay Kuzma. You want the best for your marriage, but you don't seem to have enough time. The urgent seems to overwhelm the important, and you don't have time to read a relationship book. If so... 180 Power Tips for Marriage was written for you. These quick but powerful tidbits will improve your communication, draw you and your spouse closer together, and uh, you're guaranteed to make your um, your marriage more satisfying than ever before. And best of all, each of these tips can be read in a minute or less. Read one a day and you'll find ways to maximise the time uh, that you do have. So that's our book offer today, 180 Power Tips for Marriage. Stay tuned, because right after the break, we'll give you the code to claim. We've just got three copies, so the first three in, we'll get a copy of this book today. This is uh, Love Will Never Fail by The Porter's Gate and Leslie Jordan. Love is patient, love is kind. It has no arrogance or pride. It seeks the good of others first. It keeps no record of wrong or hurt It finds no joy in wickedness But it rejoices in the truth Through it all it will endure Love will never
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and uh, we're finishing our program today uh, unbeknownst to David we're actually in our last section he thought we had more time to go but um, we have to finish up uh, in this section David so um, but I did promise the code book offer today it's called 180 Power Tips for Marriage text in FAMILY13 that's FAMILY13 no spaces just text that into 0488 880891. There's three copies to give away today. So first three in with family one three. No spaces. Text it into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So David, um, how are you going to uh, fit into our eight minutes left? Or all that you have to say. <laughs> well, well the, the, the I suppose the encouragement that I wanted to for our listeners to uh, take in uh, today is to be to to be intentional. And being part of a community. Mm. When it comes to um, marriage, if you are married, then you understand what it means to have to work together. You know, it's not always um, rainbows and unicorns. You know, there are uh, times where the expectations and, and things uh, have to be discussed and you get through it because you made a commitment to the one that you love. And in the end, it's a, um, actually one of the, one of the texts I really want to share was Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. why yeah. it's important to be part of community. It says, uh, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Yeah. You know, you don't see your shortcomings. You don't see where you're blunt until you're around other people. Mm. You know, um, if somebody whistles and that annoys you, and you learn, oh, wow, I don't like whistling. I didn't know that. Mm. You know, like you learn things about yourself and, and realize, okay, I've got to, there's some things I need to sharpen up. And so that's one of the most important important tips. Another another one about accountability when it comes to Hebrews uh, 4.13, between us and the Lord. 
It says, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give account. All right. You know, and I think this is important because you know, when we get to the story of Adam and Eve and they ate of the fruit, it says that they realized that they were naked. Mm. That they realized they were naked. God mm. knew it the whole time, but now mm. they realize that they were naked and then God covers their nakedness. Mm. And uh, when it comes to a marital relationship, you know, literally and figuratively, the husband and wife see each other naked. They know what each other looks like exposed, and yet they continue in love. You know what I mean? They can see the scars. They can see the things where, you know, uh, they're not they're not comfortable with themselves. Oh, I don't like this about me, but I choose to live with you anyway. You know, and, and God's the same. He sees us in all our um, in all our mess and our scars, and then he, but he still. You know, we, we, we he still says, "Hey, I still want to be with you." You know, and it's up to us to say, "Oh well, do I want to be with you too? Are we going to stick to this? Stick to these vows?" And what's amazing, Isaiah one verse eighteen, it says, <laughs> "God makes the invitation says, come, let us reason together. Mm. Though your sins are red as scarlet, I'll make them white as snow." You know, like naked and exposed, yet God would say, "Come, mm. come," right? And and uh, Matthew eleven. My favorite, Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty two, becoming one. This is the ultimate. This is the ultimate. Uh, if you could read that, please. It says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." All right. That that is. Uh, yeah, you, you imagine. You imagine that you've been suffering all your life. You, know, you don't have any money. You don't have any um, credentials. You don't have any status. You dropped out. Of, you don't have any educational status. And along comes this person that wants to marry you. And they've got riches that go forever. They're smart. They're gonna do this. And they say to you, "Hey, I want to take you on this. I want to take you on for the rest of my life. And I want to build you up." Mm. I want to get you. I'm going to make you smart and intelligent. I'm going to clothe you. You're going to you're going to learn how to you know invest. You're going to learn all this, and you're going to become strong. And you know all these things. It's like why? Why? You know what's the what's the point here? And Jesus says, you know, you've been suffering all this time, and he takes on the uh, analogy of a bull. Mm. You know, because a yoke is used for to two, carry it to pull a load. Yeah, yeah, two bulls to, and he's saying, you know what? You, I'll, I'll do the pulling. <laughs> I'll do all the hard work. You know, you just you just need a rest, mm. right? And Jesus is saying, I'll do it because I can. Right? I have the power to do this. Mm. <clears throat> and so there's two becoming one. This concept of marriage, the concept of learning to work with another person that is different in thinking, different in um, cultural background, um, <laughs> different in, in, in so many ways. You know, there's a, I don't know if this happens to you, Jason, but there's something really funny happening at the moment. My son, he's 15 now, so he's he's um, old enough to, well, he's probably made the observations for a long time. <clears throat> but my wife says some funny things sometimes. You know, like she's done this all our marriage. When I say, hey, have you seen my wallet? She'll say, oh, it's somewhere. 
<laughs> can you see the yeah. funny thing? Yeah, and, and, and sometimes I choose to respond sometimes I don't you know like uh, you know as our marriage has gone in further I just I don't say anything mm. but sometimes I go yeah I'm pretty sure it is somewhere uh-huh. you know like that, that's that's my answer mm. or um, she'll say oh this is some funny thing she says but now my, my son is starting to pick up on the strangeness of some of the things she says and she'll you know he'll, he'll, he'll comment you know and um, it's just it's just uh it's, it's funny how um, he's kind of understood it too, you know. Mm. But I, but every you know, even though I have a laugh, I go, "Hey, watch it, eh? Watch how you talk to your, <laughs> watch how you talk to your mum." But these type of things that we, where we live with each other and uh, my little quirks that she finds annoying or whatever, we still stay together because we understand. We understand, you know, in in the in the Western world, and you know, I'm going to play blame Hollywood. <laughs> And novels, and uh, perhaps uh, what's that? What's that name? Uh, Motown Records for for the concept that marriage is based on this romantic love, mm. you know. And I'm not, I'm not saying it shouldn't be, but you know, there's um, it's kind of surpassed. It can't can't be the only thing in a marriage, no. Because it, when it disappears, then if that's all the marriage is based on, then the marriage is going to disappear it's as possible, well. Yeah, mm. and uh, it's it's. We can't forget faith and duty. Mm. That's a huge part of the vows yeah, that commi- we commitment. That's right. We have a commitment to stick to. Mm. And um, yes, I'm not discounting it. I mean, one of the most famous uh, people in history, in ancient history, it was practical to marry somebody. It was based for the community. But mm. Cyrus, you know, King Cyrus in the Bible, he's fam- famous for having a romantic relationship with his wife. But at mm. the same time, he stuck to his duty. So just to sum up. Learning to learning to love another person and learning to be loved, learning to have faith and commitment, learning to be accountable, and um, that you, there are expectations on you and ex- things that you should expect from the other person. These are all lessons that we are learning in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, "Come, come, who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." And this is where it all this is this is the bottom line: knowing the mind of Jesus, becoming mm-hmm. one. With Jesus Christ, yeah. It's interesting, just with that um, that verse that we read. Uh, you know, when we do come and and share our um, our thoughts and our hearts and even our burdens with our partner, it um, it takes a big load off. A big time, <laughs> isn't it? When you're carrying everything on your own, when you've got all of these thoughts <clears throat> and and feelings and emotions, and you're struggling with it to talk to somebody about it. And I think that's one of the beauties of marriage as well. And again, um, is demonstrated or is illustrative of our relationship with God. We're, Amen. Meant, to, we're meant to go to God and Amen. share our burdens and our struggles and our worries with him. And uh, yeah, so there's lots of lessons to learn about lots. our relationship with God and uh, from the model of marriage. Mm-hmm. So. David, next week you're going to be going on to a slightly different topic, but it's still on the idea of relationships. Family. Yep. What are you going to be talking about next week? Parenting. Yeah. Being, yeah, yeah. Now you've got three kids, as I do. Yeah. So um, I'll be interested to learn about everything that I did wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, of course, tomorrow we've got David Maxwell. Kingdom Guidelines is the title of tomorrow. Nice. Uh, family 13 is our code. If you haven't claimed the book, 0488 880891. 
This is Take My Yoke by Ben Farrell. May God be with you today. I'll take the sadness that you felt Take those feelings and melt them Like the trees and the forest We create you anew You are pure like the rain But the world seems to stain you Mark you and bruise your very soul But take my yoke, it is easy Take my burden, it is light have seen the tears fall from your eyes. My peace will calm the tempest and still the raging storm, and my love will clear your skies. My love will clear your skies. My grace, I have formed you, called and ordained your very path. I'm your light, I'm your star, and it's me who makes you who you are. Yield to the molding, trust in me. Take my yoke, it is easy, take my burden, it is light. Tears fall from your eyes My peace will calm the tempest And still the raging storm And my love will clear your skies My love will clear your skies Take my yoke, it is easy Take my burden, it is light Tears fall from your eyes My peace will calm the tempest 